1: Welcome to Pint of Football, where much like the international breaks, we are far more regular than you'd prefer. I'm Tom Meadowcroft, an up-and-coming Central European nation with a sprightly young squad and bags of potential. And he's Daz Napton, grassing himself on hidden camera while downing a pint of Riesling. Oh yes, that's it.
2: What is a pint <laughs> oh, of Riesling? Yes. What is a Riesling?
1: It's a type of white wine. I don't know... It's obviously a reference to um Big Sam ruining his England career. Um that nice. he was he was uh caught on camera drinking what looked an awful lot like a pint of white wine.
2: What? How do um, you even get I'm surprised? I'm
1: surprised you've not seen this. Uh
2: the whole I'm very disconnected from international football. I've become almost the fan I used to hate who just watches the actual major tournaments now, because I just can't be bothered with the fact that none of the games are on TV. You you either have to buy subscription, get dodgy link, or go to the pub to watch the games, and it's just not that exciting anymore, is it?
1: Well, I mean the group the group stage for the qualifiers of the World Cup's been pretty boring. Um, yeah. yeah,
2: is that what we've got this weekend?
1: Yeah, but I, I believe so. There's no, yeah. there's not really any. Teams that would be considered a threat.
2: Yeah, I miss the days where we'd lose at home to Northern Ireland or draw away in Macedonia.
1: I'd still um, go and watch. I'd still go and watch San Marino away.
2: Oh yeah, I think it's different if you're going to be a, a die-hard travelling fan. I know a few few people that go. home I know a few England.
1: die-hard um, England away fans. Yeah. Unusual I'd definitely people. be up for
2: that. I'd be <laughs> up for it. I'd definitely be up for it. But we're not here to talk about the World Cup, or are we? We'll soon find out. Because what we've Ooh-hoo-hoo. got today, what we've got is in the mix. And this is one of our features, one of our many in the mix features where we either challenge each other to do weird things or we read about strange things or just nonsense stories in general.
1: Strange stories from. All the countries of the world.
2: So I'm not going to recap all the ones we've done because we want you to go Please. back and listen to them. <laughs> what we're going to do instead is we're going to kick off and it's my challenge at the end of the last one. We actually had stopped recording by this point, but you on your random country generator managed to pick out, for me, South Korea.
1: Yes, I promised that was actually what we got on the random picker. I didn't get, I, mean, I didn't, Cheat and give a actual, you know, I'm not going to say real country, but you know our country is slightly more mainstream than Tuvalu.
2: Yeah, the last two we've done, Estonia and Tuvalu, have not been easy <laughs> tasks for us, have they? So uh, I was really pleased to see that come out of the uh, the metaphorical hat. But I'm going to
1: get some like speck of dust in the Pacific Ocean again. I know. It.
2: We'll see. We'll see. But for now, we're going to talk about South Korea. And as soon as that came out, there was two stories that came to mind. And I've decided to go with the one that was quite far back. But I am going to, at the end, very quickly tell you the recent one, just because it's funny and worth a mention. So you can look forward to that at the end. Oh, I will. The South Korea story is one that I'm sure will resonate very well with both of us because it's about the 2002 World Cup where ah yes probably i would say probably both of our first memorable tournaments
1: to to use that cliche that everyone remembers the big telly on the on the little sort of trolley got wheeled into the assembly hall and we all sat and watched
2: yeah i put my little was... england
1: cap on the on the big telly for luck i remember
2: that was the magic But we're not going to go through the whole reminiscent package of how great that World Cup was. We know how great that World Cup was. But what I'm here to do today, Tom, is I'm here to challenge that and say, actually, it wasn't a good World Cup.
1: Controversy.
2: That's the key word, controversy. At the time, as... Oh, I don't know how old we've been, like 10 or 11?
1: I was in year six, so yeah, 10 or 11. Yeah,
2: 10 or 11 and we would have genuinely innocently just watched the the games and enjoyed it for what it was but i didn't realize Back then, i didn't
1: care about football at all unless it was international
2: yeah but what happened during the world cup as i say we enjoyed it as innocence and it overall went down without a hitch there was no fan troubles because the kickoffs were 8 9 in the morning there was a <laughs> Somewhat lack of opportunity for everyone to get smashed and start chucking the pints up in the air after every England goal.
1: And I think Japan and South Korea are just quite nice countries as well. Like, if if you tried to, like, cause a fuss in Japan, they'd just, like, look sad at you and you'd stop because you felt bad.
2: So this is where our innocence will develop into perhaps curiousness and what I'm going to tell you is: Did you know South Korea finished fourth in that World Cup? Do you remember that?
1: Yeah, I do remember. I do remember that. Quite um, unexpected.
2: Yeah, unexpected. Bit of a underdog hero story, would you say?
1: I'm guess- was that around the time of like Park Ji-sun and yeah? Yeah, I mean, I'm guessing it was really, really bloody hot and quite a alien land for a lot of people. So I guess the home team advantage would have played a big part in it.
2: I suppose because, you know, when you think of hot countries, you don't necessarily think of their opponents, teams like Portugal, Spain. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So this is where I'm going to start things off, because what we've got is the group stage where South Korea have been drawn as one of the hosts in a what would be seen as an easier group, certainly avoiding the biggest of the teams, but they still had to overcome the United States, Portugal and Poland. So Portugal, Poland, United States, probably a bit more well-known now, those teams than they were back then, but still some decent competition. And South Korea, after the second game, were in a position where they were second. And the the group was essentially neck and neck. They could have finished first, second, third or fourth in the final game. And they had Portugal to play. And what actually happened in that game is the Portuguese had been drawing with South Korea and they actually got reduced not to 10 men, but to nine men. And one of them in particular was seen as a harsh sending off. South Korea won 1-0 to win the group. So they progressed quite nicely. And then at this point, we're still thinking, yeah, fair enough. Not a bad underdog story so far. Who would they draw Hmm. in the second round, the round of 16? They would only draw Italy. (laughs) So they've drawn Italy. And this is where the absolute peak of controversy comes in. In that the referee for the occasion, Byron Moreno, would go on to become a much bigger story, perhaps, than the World Cup itself. What happened during the game was, you know, when you go to the World Cup and there always has to be representing nations from everywhere, basically, who referee and linesmen and all the rest of it. Mm hmm. So this guy, Brian Moreno, I think he's from Ecuador, which isn't the worst footballing nation ever. But yeah.
1: Not the best either.
2: Yeah, exactly. And when the ref turned up, you look you can look, you can Google it. He's quite a rotund character. He's a bit of a beefy man, let's say. What was the name again? Well, don't Google it now because you might see the oh. story I'm about to tell, but In your own time, you can uh, Google him. And what happened was Italy took the lead, as expected, in the 18th minute. And with two minutes to go, South Korea grabbed an equaliser. And in the middle of all of that, what had happened is one of the South Korea players had actually elbowed an Italy striker, Del Piero, in the head. Obviously, nowadays, VAR would just see it go back and tell him to send him off. But what actually happened is the ref appeared to acknowledge that it had happened because he stopped the game to go and have a talk to the career defender. Now, if he spotted it, (laughs) he stopped the game and he's gone and spoke to him he must know that he's done something of that nature. Because you wouldn't just stop the game if he tripped over, would you?
1: Why didn't you tell me that the referee was Darren Strain?
2: (laughs) Well, yeah, it it was. I I would dare say he's on that level. Um, Joke for
1: the OGs, though.
2: So they've avoided a red card. It's still not scandalous at this point. These things could still happen. But then in the 88th minute, they equalise and take it to extra time. Extra time back then, back in the glory days, was golden goal. You score the next goal, then you win, which is absolutely brilliant. But we went to extra time, and 13 minutes into extra time, Totti, who was arguably Italy's best player, was sent oh, off. funny name. Yeah, Francesco Totti. He's probably one of the more famous Italian footballers, mainly because he spent his whole playing career with Roma. I think he spent 20 whole years there, which is...
1: A lot of Italian rich. footballers seem to just go on forever.
2: Yeah, I think he was there from, like, 18 to 38, and then when he retired, I think he instantly just became, like, director of football there, so he's non-stop worked there since he was about 10. But knowing this, he got sent off, second yellow card, for a dive in the box. Ooh. Even if it wasn't a penalty, it definitely wasn't a dive. It was one of those where he got as much of the ball as the man, but he still took the man out. You're not necessarily going to say, fine, penalty. Instead, he went to the opposite extreme and sent Totti off. At this point, South Korea have avoided a red. Italy have been given a red to their main striker, who no doubt would have taken one of the penalties. And Italy break clear, the striker rounds past the goalkeeper, tucks the ball into the net, wrongly judged offside. And I can't actually remember this happening, but I could imagine the scenes of a golden goal winner when everyone runs on, you know, like everyone does after a penalty shootout. About 10 seconds later, the lino who's miles away just puts his flag down.
1: You'd be like, you'd, you'd be loath to, to do it, wouldn't you? If you, were the, if you were the linesman or the ref. Like, sorry guys, I've got to ruin this.
2: So this is obviously at this point where people start to feel it's a bit suspicious because there's all these decisions going against them. In the previous game, of course, Portugal went down to nine men, not just 10 men. So it does seem like quite a lot's going for them. Soon after that, South Korea run up the other end and score what is an ultimately dramatic stoppage time, extra time winner, absolute scenes to send them into the quarterfinals. Suspicious yet? You're going to tell me that he's taken a bung, right? Well, now I'm asking if you're suspicious of him. Well, somewhat. (laughs) There is no proof that the guy took a bung. Byron Moreno. However, in 2003, his refereeing career ended one year after the World Cup. And better than that, a few years later, he would be arrested in an airport in America for trying to smuggle six kilos of heroin into the country. So we're not saying he took a bung, <laughs> but a He's few a shifty years shifty down bloke. the line yeah a few years down the line he was getting caught and apparently the way he was caught at the airport was where the like leg like your calf muscles and your uh, tricep muscles when they did like the pat down they were just really firm
1: <laughs> why well, so you have incredibly firm calf muscles yes yeah, so i used to be an international referee Oh, yeah, I remember you. <laughs> Quick, plant yeah. some drugs on this guy.
2: Yeah, well, maybe that's what happened. If it had been an airport in Italy, then I might have uh, suspected that. There's a headline from gold.com a few years ago where they reviewed it, where it was just like, bandit referee to drug smuggler. What happened? <laughs> bandit referee.
0: <laughs>
2: what happened to Byron Moreno? And there's a really good quote from Buffon, who was the goalkeeper at the time and obviously still going all these years on. When he Mm. found out about the drug raid and the incident and that he'd been put in jail, he said in an interview, six kilos of drugs. I believe Moreno already had them in 2002, but not in his underwear, in his system.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not better at all. That's cracking."
2: So, I will complete the career venture because, of course, they've made it through past Italy, and they would then come up against Spain, who again, a footballing powerhouse, aren't they? Especially these days, they've won numerous World Cups and Euros in our lifetime. And what would actually happen in that game is they would go on to beat Spain on penalties to get to the semi finals, which in, on paper is an absolutely incredible result. but when you look back at what happened, it was a different ref I must point out they didn't just give him the same dodgy ref. it was a different one. What happened in this occasion was three goals ruled out and at least two of them were well on.
1: Well, I which... mean didn't know um, didn't know South Korea had this much money to bribe.
2: It's, it's one of those things where, like you were saying at the start, Japan, South Korea, they seem like perfectly ordinary, nice, playfair countries. But having done a bit of further research into South Korea, certainly within the league system, a lot of players over the years have been banned for being involved in gambling offences.
1: Really? Wow. So
2: it's one of those where you think they're innocent and... There's no besmirch in Japan, obviously. because They just were a decent team at the time. And I think they got to the second round, which, again, is decent and what you'd expect as a country of that size. But to get all the way to the semis was possibly pretty suspect. Luckily,
1: any kind of corruption has since been taken out of international football. And we can look forward to a clean and sleaze-free World Cup in Qatar.
2: Oh, good. Good, good, good. But yeah, so that's the the big scandal of the 2002 World Cup, as told by me.
1: Very good. What
2: were the runner-up stories? You may have even heard of it, or it might be one of those things that's uh, escaped your memory. But... FC Seoul. They during COVID nineteen weren't allowed to have fans in the stadium, and you know how there was clubs filling the ground with cardboard cutouts and TV screens with the fans in and all that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah. Well. Silly nonsense.
2: FC Seoul decided to put some mannequins in the stadium.
1: Okay, I'm looking this up.
2: and they turned out to be sex dolls. yeah, I remember this
1: uh yeah they're they're those like weird real doll things, yep <laughs> I mean, obviously that's hilarious, but buying that many like top of the range sex dolls must have been quite expensive. You could have signed a couple of players for that. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to know how they did this. How they like, ended good, up making it? this mistake. <laughs> oh.
2: So, there's two final things we need to do. I'm going to very quickly find you a random country using random.country forward slash question mark for anyone who wants to know where uh, we're sourcing. Our favorite our... website. Are you ready then, Tom?
1: Yeah, I'm ready for Three. a country that has no football history.
2: Three, two, one. Your country is... <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll be glad to know it's in Europe. Okay. It's quite a lot of football in Europe. It yes. sits, <laughs> nice, it sits nicely, nicely between France and Spain, two of the big boys. It is Andorra. God damn it.
1: Okay. I mean, as you say, there's a lot of football in Europe. I'm sure there'll be something, unless they've got some bizarre national sport that I've not heard of that they play instead.
2: Yeah, it has been a struggle. I feel bad you've now had two bad ones on the trot, but I, I know there's definitely stories about Andorra. In fact, oh, recently, when Eng- yeah, when England played them the other week, I'm sure the stadium set on fire the night before. That's a starting point. <laughs> okay I don't know if you'll get 20 minutes of content out of that, maybe we we'll just put a YouTube video of it on fire for 20 minutes yeah,
1: so a nice uh, fire ASMR for you guys
2: yeah so all that's left is Tom's legendary fire is home with a dad joke
1: <clears throat> I say I say I say Daz what do
2: you say today
1: I'm thinking of reasons to go to Switzerland The flag is a big plus.
2: (laughs) Oh, yes. (coughs) I like it. I like it that it's country based as well.